Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, and remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. Now, to tell you something, people, it'll be coming up on a year that I moved back from L.A., and I'm not going to take the credit about the Philadelphia sports scene, but I sort of am. Because since I've come back, I'm a lifelong Eagles fan. They won the Super Bowl. Villanova won their second championship in three years. The Sixers are the hottest team in basketball right now, trying to get the number three seed. The Phillies are 5-5, five and five, which is better than they've been in the last few years. And the Flyers start the playoffs tonight. And it's funny because my guest today is a Flyers legend. And he's actually in the Flyers Hall of Fame. And he's just a great guy, a businessman, also has a lot going on. And my guest is Brian Prop. How you doing, Brian? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? Good. I got to ask you, because, you know, you when you were a rookie, you made the playoffs. What goes through a hockey player's mind when the when you get into that first playoff series, like when the playoffs are about to start, when you find out you're going to make them, and you know you still have to wait a little before the season ends, what do you guys what what do you concentrate on? Uh, well, it, it was a little different when I first started in 1979-80 because we had a 35 un, 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 unbeaten uh, un, un streak, like we didn't didn't lose for 25 games, 35 games. So we kind of knew that we were in the playoffs, uh, like right from the start of the, the year, and uh, and and also by uh, me playing with uh, Bobby Clark, you know, he was one of the greatest leaders in the world, uh, you know, just and, and they had uh, won a couple of cups uh, a few years before that, uh, and going into the finals, uh, you know, it was uh, it was awesome, uh, but I, you know, I uh, I just uh, treated every game like it was the same. Uh, I didn't really get nerd and nervous, and uh, yeah, as a result, uh, you know, we 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 won the first uh, four rounds, and then we all, we lost in the sixth sixth game uh, at the start. But uh, you know, it was a good start for me. Now you started. You're from Canada, which you know, when you started playing hockey as a kid, I'm sure everyone played wanted to be a professional hockey player. You know, when they're kids, especially in Canada, in America, we had all the different sports. At what age? Did people start noticing that you were going to be different? Uh, I think it was my second year in Brandon, the Brandon Wheat Kings. Uh, I, I won the scoring, score, score, scaring, uh, scoring uh, lease uh, that year, and then uh, then I backed it up with another uh, title, uh, like in '79. So at that time, I was one of the best players in the in the country, and uh, and the Flyers drafted me on the, you know the. 14th in uh, 95, in the 70, 19, 1979. Now, were you a Flyers fan when you were growing up? Were you aware of them, or did you know of the Broad Street Bullies? Or what was uh, what was your inclination when you were coming to Philadelphia? Did you know a city you were coming to a city that was great but can be brutal? Uh, well, I didn't really concentrate on that. Like, I, I didn't really follow any other teams. Uh, I was a little different in that result uh, area. But, uh, you know, I was just happy that they got dropped. I got drafted to them, and uh, I was able to fit in right away. Uh, we, uh, You know, we uh, Bill Barber was the left winger, was the top left winger in, in the world at that time. And so, you know, it helped that I, I kind of played the same way, uh, like I, uh, you know, Scored a lot of goals, had a lot of assists, and you know played uh, two-way uh, hockey. And uh, we, you know, I, I like the the tough, the, the the rough stuff. And so it was, uh, you know, very uh, mixed 
good good mix for me. What is it like though when you're leave you're a younger guy, you're leaving home? Is it were you a little bit scared just because you're going to a big city, you're going to the pros, it's everything you probably wanted, so your dream's right in front of you. What what's the feeling that you had when you were making that move as a young Brian Prop? Well, I was very, very quiet. Like I didn't talk much and I just did the, my hockey do the talking for me. But I, I, I hung out with uh, Frank Faze, and he helped me a lot because I was single. We were both single, and uh, so, like, I had, had, you know, I hung out with him a lot, and, uh, you know, that, that really made a difference for me. It, it took me a couple of years just to kind of uh, figure out the city and w- what I was doing, and, you know, uh, thankfully, uh, you know, I stayed around for 11 years for the Flyers and kind of uh, matures a little later. Now, you scored a goal in your first game, and it, it turned out to be the game-winning goal. What is that like, and, and did, do you still have the puck? Uh, no, I don't, no I, don't, I don't know. Keep pucks and things like that. I, even at trophies, I don't you know, take many of them. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I didn't really notice what was going on. I was just happy that I scored, and uh, it was a game-winning goal. And, uh, you know, then I, you know, at that year, like, I... I had uh, 35, 75 points that year as a rookie, so that was a good start for me too. Uh, Pete uh, Peters was a rookie too, and uh, so we both did a really good job of that, along with you know not losing too much for the first uh, start of the season. It was uh, it was awesome. Uh, that's what I was used to because in junior, I only lost five games of, of uh, the last uh, season that I played at Brad and Weekend. Well, I read when you were younger, you scored 168 points in 57 games. I mean, I mean, do you ever just think how incredible that is? Well, you know, at that time, I, I just skated and played hockey. I was 15 at that time, and, uh, you know, I just uh, I, I grew up about 20 minutes away from where Melville is. Like, that, that's a junior team. I, I grew up with a town of uh, 300 people. My dad was a minister, and uh, I had two brothers and two sisters, and so we uh, we were all 13 months apart. So at the start, you know, I, I, we kind of had our own uh, t- hockey team uh, set up. But uh, you know, at, at, at the Melville Millionaires, uh, that was uh, you know a good season for me because the coach at that time was uh, Jerry James, who was uh, he played he played hockey, NHL hockey, and football. And he won in, in both both areas. So he was a good role model, so that really helped you just get better, you think, did his coaching helped you a lot? Yeah, well, I think in, in hockey, uh, you know, when I, when I first started, like, uh, it, it really helped with uh, understanding football. It's like, uh, you know, he knew the, the plays, and then uh, we uh, memorized all the plays that we set up, and that was all from him playing football and hockey and uh, so he was ahead of the time uh, as far as all of that goes now your your rookie year with the flyers you guys get to the stanley cup as you had said now for hockey players that's like the dream come true getting to the stanley cup and winning it am i right yes of course now how do you feel going into the stanley cup because you are a rookie but you were surrounded by great leaders you are you're scoring. You know people are looking at you as a star, and then I don't know you played on some great lines that year. When you go into that first Stanley Cup game, 
are you are you nervous? You said during the regular season you weren't really nervous much, but is that something that it's like this is what you've dreamt for? Oh yeah, of course. And uh, you know, by us winning so much at the first first year uh, that I played, you know, and I, I also you know played in the All Star game with Gordy Howe, so that was special too. Uh, but uh, you know, start in the playoffs. That's what it, it means a lot more. Because if you don't perform in the playoffs, that you know you get known as a, a choker. And you know, so thankfully, uh, you know, I, I played in five Stanley Cup Finals, and so people know that I, you know, didn't choke that much. Yeah, I just uh, ran across uh, some great players uh, that played against us. But you know, it's it, it, it's tough because it goes uh, round at a time, and you have to be ready at the start, you know, because like I always like to play uh, score goals, but it gets tougher in the playoffs. You have to play against some of the better players and it, and it gets tough. And, and it, the longer the series is go, the more you get uh, run down. Um, but, uh, you know, for a start, you know, it was uh, excited for me to be there. Uh, you know, I wasn't sure, you know, you know, you know, how, how it was going to go, but, you know, I know with a great leadership like uh, Bob Clark had, it really made a difference for me. When you lost that first year, is it just devastating? How long does it how long does it last with you until you rebound, or do you automatically say, "I'm gonna, we're coming back next year"? Uh, well, you you always think that the, you 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 never want to lose two games in a row. Like that's the way the season goes. But uh, you know, after we we lost in overtime in a sixth game. And, you know, if, if, so if I think about it, if we, if we lose, if we win game six and then go to in Philadelphia, that, that might have changed the whole outlook of winning a Stanley Cup. But uh, you can't think of that anymore. Uh, you know, I, I just remember that when we were tied and going into overtime, you know, that I just wanted to be the guy to uh, the, uh, score the game-winning goal. And, you know, that could have uh, helped us to get to the final game. Now, I lived in L.A. for the last 15 years, and I, I took a lot of abuse from people about Philadelphia fans, and I always say, no, we're not, we're, we're, we're actually, we're great fans, we're just, we're just loud, we, we like to complain, I mean, it's evident with Gabe Kapler, the guy has one game and everyone's calling for his neck. What was your reaction to Philly fans? Because you were a fan favorite, I mean, you're, you're proper, you know, everyone knows proper. I mean, what, what, when did you yeah. feel, when did you feel that the fans really started liking you and why was it because of your your well because you score and your aggressive play when did you know that philadelphia was going to really cherish you well it, it took a, a few years because uh after the first year when we went to the finals then we lost a couple of series against the rangers at the start you know you know the last the first three years like and so i had to learn that i i had to be better in the playoffs because, you know, they, they expected me to score. You know, we, we ran against uh, the, a really good goaltender, you know, each of those uh, series. But uh, there's no excuse for that. Like, so I had to learn, you know, just by uh, being a little longer, you know, in the, with the team. Like, in my fifth year, you know, then we went to the finals again and uh, played a little more. But so then I think that the, the fans really appreciated how I played. And, uh, and, you know, then I started to you know, be uh, re realize that, you know, every series goes a, a long way to go and you have to be ready for it. 
Now, being in a city like Philadelphia, as I said, I lived in L.A., so people don't really go as crazy for athletes unless it's like Kobe. But being in, and because there's celebrities, there's big stars everywhere. Being in Philly, what? how were the fans when you went out? Everyone probably recognized you. Were they mostly cool, or was there ever, ever some just some punks who gave you a hard time? No, no, no. It's, they're, they're all fun. Uh, fun, and, uh, and at that time, we used to hang out at the, the, the rink at the, at the bar after and, and meet a lot of people and uh, talk to them. It's changed a little bit now. Now they have uh, people that drive, uh, drive and get parked uh, you know, in, the, in the arena. And, but at that time, it was just you parked in the lot, and then you, you met the people after they, they wanted to get an autograph and everything like that. So it was, it was simpler at that time. You, know, you, just, you got to know the fans a lot easier. Well, I grew up in Cherry Hill, and I know I saw you at the coastline once or twice. You, did, you, did you like the South Jersey bars? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Kaminsky's and, uh, and Coastline, like one of my best friends, uh, Scott McKay, he, he used to uh, bouncer for them, and he, he worked on the Ocean City Beach Patrol for a few years, and so I got to know him, and I, he still is my best, best friend. And uh, so we're going to actually watch the hockey game tonight at Ots and in Gores. Now, as you're playing in your career in the NHL, you're doing great. As you start getting a little bit older, does, it, does a pro athlete notice the conditioning? Do they notice they have to condition more? Because I always have felt that, I always, for my, in my eyes, hockey players are probably the most talented for the fact that you guys do so much. And you're on skates. That's what people don't get. It's like, I play street hockey, and it's tough, and it's winning. How would you keep yourself conditioned throughout your career because as you know as we get older we 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 don't have the 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 power and the energy when we are younger oh yeah so like uh, you, you you learn how to uh condition yourself a lot better and uh, you take care you take care of yourself the uh, better and uh, you know and then you, if, if you, you get some injuries uh you know that uh, that could really hurt you as you get older and again it gets tougher to uh, heal from them but uh you know, I've always I was always in, in good shape and, and uh, you know, worked the hardest uh, in the team, and uh, you know, it paid off. And it also it also helped that Pat Croce, who was our uh, workout guy, like he started he started in 80, 81, 81. and so that helped me to understand that I needed to work out a little bit more, and it probably helped me uh, to have another five years in my career. Now, in 89, I know when Chalos gave you that uh, cheap shot, um, you suffered concussion. Was was that your first serious injury? Uh, no, no, at that time, uh, I had a, a knee injury that, uh, you know, it was, that was, I was gone for uh, 25 games, and, and I had an eye, uh, you know, where I missed eight games, and then a uh, uh, dislocated shoulder later on in my career. But other than that, it was uh, was pretty okay. Now, as you're playing and as you're getting older, you know it's catching up to you. The injuries. Did you ever worry about life after hockey? Because it's such a big thing in football now with the concussions and stuff like that. Did you ever sit there when you're playing that thinking in the long run, how am I going to do? Because you're doing great. But I mean, in the long run, did you ever think that it might affect you? Uh, yeah. Well, you think about it. You know, when you're after hockey, I mean, but, uh, you know, I played uh, 15 years, and so I was lucky that I lasted that long, 
and, and, and had a you know some milestones that I uh, got got over. And uh, but you know other than that, it's uh, you don't think about it when you're playing. You, it goes very fast, and uh, you just hope that it doesn't hurt happen to you. But I think now uh, with the concussions, uh, they have more prescriptions, uh, no, no uh, precautions uh, to, uh, to have the doctor that's going to clear you first. Now, when you got traded from the Flyers, did you know it was coming? or And how does someone react? Because the fans, you know, we get, Philadelphia fans, we get pissed. Because, you know, as I said, you're, you're, you were one of the fan favorites. How does it, how did they tell you you were going to get traded? And how do you mentally prepare for that when, it, when you know you have to leave a team that you've grown such accustomed to? Yeah, well, I was uh, 11 years in, with the Flyers, and I, I got traded in the last uh, se- the last month of the season uh, for the Bruins. Uh, but at that time, I, uh, I had an, uh, a knee uh, injury that it took me out for uh, 30, 25 games, and, uh, and then I, I played a couple games at the end of the season. And uh, you know, then uh, you know, Clark, uh, you know, he traded Dave Poulin, and uh, and then uh, he actually traded me. Uh, a month later, and uh, you know, which you know, uh, when I look back at it, it was uh, it was good for me because at that time Boston was the number one in, in the league, and it gave me a chance to you know win another Stanley Cup there. You know, I was in the finals that year too, so uh, I, I love Clark. You know what he did, but you know, I, you know, I would have loved to play Philadelphia my whole career, but uh, it still gave me another opportunity to play with a couple other teams. Now, what's it like when you come back and you play your old team? I mean, you have friends of the team, and I always wonder, you know, it's, it's, you're playing. You have to play. Your, your guys are professional. But do you not want to check someone as much? Or if someone checks you, do you get pissed off? Like, hey, man, I thought we were buddies. You know, I, yeah, well, I don't think like that. Like, I, I was, it's, it's competition, and so you, you have to play like you mean it. And, you know, like I, I was uh, picked to play. I, I hate to play against uh, other teams, but they used to they probably – Hated to play against me too, yeah. So like it's a competition, and so like you, if you if you let up, you know it'll be uh, they can eat you up. Now in your career, who were like the top three? Who are the top three Brian Prop nemesises? Nemesis, whatever it's pronounced. Uh, so I, I always uh, uh, loved uh, Mike Recky. Uh, Mike Recchi, like uh, you know, he was he was he was so awesome. He consistent, and uh, Ray Bork was uh, was awesome, and uh, you know also you know Brad McCurman, my my, uh, my my best friend, was like really good. Uh, didn't get as much credit for the way he played. Now, when you scored, at what point did you score? Did you start doing the guffaw? And that's and I always I always uh, it's, it's hard to pronounce because we don't know if it's guffaw or guffaw. And it's two different ways, you know. They say it's somewhat different place, but I've I've heard this story. But tell my listeners, this is a this is a really cool story. What made you want to do the guffaw, and then how do you how do you actually get the guffaw? Uh, so I uh, I got the guffaw from Howie Mandel. Like I used to go in, in AC to his shows, and so when I went to the show uh, with my friend Scott McKay, we uh, we we saw the show, and, and he did the guffaw. And so I was thinking, wow, that, I, I love that. And so I said, you know, well, I'm just going to start doing the guffaw every time I score next year. And so that started in the in mid-'80s. And, uh, and so, like, I, I, I started the season 
like I didn't score for a couple of games, and then I, I scored, and I went to center ice, and I did the guffaw. And, uh, you know, then uh, the coach there just said, what the hell is that? Don't do that again. <laughs> and, I, and I said, uh, I didn't say anything, but except for I, I kept, kept doing it. And then I talked with uh, Howie Mandel at that time uh, in the playoffs, and he didn't, he didn't care that I was uh, copying his guffaw because so, I have it branded uh, now the same way. Now, it's, it's, a, it's a great thing because I, I put on Facebook you were going to be on the show and someone immediately put guffaw. And it's just, it's funny because it's, it's classic. And I know your, that's your Twitter handle is guff, at guffaw26. People, that's G-U-F-F-A-W-26. People don't know how to spell anymore. But now you, uh, you've you also played on the, on the Canadian national team. What was that like to play with all these other great players? Do you, do you when you're around a great player, do you bring it up a level? Uh, yeah, well, it depends on what it, what it was. Like I, I, I played a, uh, when we, when we lost in the, in the, after the first round in the early eighties, like I went to the world championships for team Canada. And so that was, uh, you know, it's good for me to, to continue to play a little bit more and get me, uh, you know, notice a little bit more, but, uh, you know, to, you play with the greatest players in the world and you, as long as you contribute, that, that's good. Um, but in 87, in the Canada Cup, uh, it was a special uh, tournament where it was like the, almost like the Olympics, where all the countries uh, that were around, you know, they had their best players in the world playing, and that was when Russia was still doing good. And, and so I played with Gretzky and Lemieux in the same line. So that was very special to be part of that and also to contribute. And, uh, you know, I, at that time I was the oldest player on the team. And, uh, but, you know, I still remember when we won, it was a three game series. Every, every score was 65, six to five. And, uh, first game, the Russians won. And the second game was in overtime and, uh, we scored to tie it up. And then the last game was six, five. And we, we ran, uh, won in it with a minute left of the, in the third period. And, uh, you know, so, uh, uh, I still uh, remember, like, all the time staying in the dressing room and uh, c- celebrating with uh, the, the players that I had and, uh, you know, all the best players in the world. Now, during your career also, at one point you went overseas to play. What's it like when you play over there? Because back then the rules were different. Now we've acclimated more of them to the NHL. But did you feel it was a quicker game when you went overseas and not as hard-hitting? Uh, yeah, at that time, yeah, like uh, in, in, I played a year in France uh, after my career, and so like you know, I, I noticed you know pretty quickly that you know it, it's, it's it's a lot faster, but there's not not a, not as physical, and uh, you know at that time and uh, you know it was uh, it was good for me just to end up that way. I had a, a great time in Biarritz, which is uh, one of the you know, teams in in France, uh, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was. You know, just good good for my career. You know, I played 16 years in the pros, and then I did the radio for nine years for the Flyers, and then you know, I've been, you know, I'm the ambassador for the Flyers and, you know, in the last couple of years, and, you know, I've still been part of the, the, the team for all those years. Now, when did you decide it was time to retire? Was there, was there a certain uh, sign that you said, okay, I can't play anymore? I believe it was with Hartford when you retired. But did you just say... I've had a great career. You scored your 1,000th point. You scored. You played your 1,000 games. You've had a better career than a multitude of other players. When did you decide it was time to hang the skates up? Well, it was when I, when I decided after my 1,000th point in Hartford 
to, uh, to to play in France. And at that time, uh, you know, with the, the, the you know when I was was playing in France, you know, there was a lock the lock lockout uh, that year too. So like uh, they almost missed the whole year that year. Uh, but uh, you know, I looked like I was the, the smartest guy in hockey when I when I retired. But at that time. Uh, at that time, you know, I was, uh, you know, just I was, I was ready to hang it up. Uh, you know, I did, you know, didn't really want to uh, be, you know, be known as like a guy that's just hanging, hanging in and, and uh, not playing a lot. Now, when you, when you, and that makes sense. A lot of players are like that, but a lot of players do stay too long, and it, and it affects their legacy. When you those first few years out of hockey, did you did you miss playing on the ice? Uh, no, because uh, I, I, I uh, built an ice rink in Medford, New Jersey, and I ran the whole uh, operation. And so from that point on, I always picked a, I have a group of guys that I, I still uh, skate with uh, today, uh, a couple days a week, uh, Wednesday and Friday mornings. We skate from 7 to 8.30 in the morning. And so these, these guys that I know from uh, Medford, they, you know, from the... 25, 26 years before, like we still skate together the same way. They're just getting a little uh, older. Like, uh, you know, when I first started, we were between uh, uh, 20 and 40, and now we're between 40 and 60. So it's a, it's a good group of guys. We, we have a lot of fun with that. Uh, the goalies that we have aren't, aren't that good, so we can still score a little bit. Now, I heard you're a very good golfer. When did you start taking up golf? And, and are there, is hockey because you have this, the, the stick and you're swinging a golf club, did it come easy to you? I mean, when did you start playing golf? Well, when I was young, uh, in Saskatchewan, we, we had a nine-hole uh, golf course with uh, sand greens. And, uh, you know, just uh, the trees were there. And uh, so it was like a pasture, uh, really. Uh, but, you know, you know, I just you know, I had fun hitting the ball. Uh, I used to have a big slice. But, you know, after I got... In the pros, uh, I know I know that I could just uh, learn a little bit more and become a little better golfer. Now, when you retired, you have to prepare for your future. When you were and you you know you did the rank. I know you're in the real estate business now. When you were younger, were you planning for your future? Were you one of those players? Because you hear so many players that lose everything. They don't do the right investments. Were you? A, were you smart financially back then? Because you knew that you, even though you played for a lot longer than most people, you knew that you might not play forever. Yeah, but at that time uh, we were, weren't making up that much that much money at that time, and so I was just happy to be there. You know, I've, I've made a couple bad choices financially that you know hurt me a little bit, but I'm just happy with where I am. I you know I'm making a living and. Enjoying, uh, you know, working with Wolf Commercial Real Estate and, and you know, the Ambassador uh, Flyers. And, you know, so, you know, I just you know, I get by with that. But, uh, you know, it, it, it just it doesn't matter much, you know, like as long as I'm happy and enjoying life, that's all I care about. Now, how'd you end up in the real estate game? Uh, so uh, over three years ago, I, I, I talked to my boss, Jason Wolf. And we, uh, you know, decided that, hey, listen, I was going to go to the classes and get my license, which I did right at the start. And then, uh, you know, we, we, I talked with him and I uh, said, hey, listen, you know, this, is a, this could be a good fit for us. We're, we're young class, uh, a young company. We're six, six years old now. 
So, you know, at the first uh, two and a half years I was there and I've been with them ever since. But uh, I, I like the way that uh, Jason does business. Like he's very care careful, caring. And uh, so that, that way we uh, use a lot of char uh, charitable help to uh, our uh, real estate uh, that we do. And so, it, you know, it's, it's been a good fit for me uh, because uh, I love giving back. Now, I reached about five or six years ago, I went through a health scare. I know you went through a health scare. Can you tell my listeners what happened to you and how you overcame that? Because it is quite fascinating what you went through. Uh, yeah, so I had a massive stroke, stroke in uh, September uh, of 2015, and uh, yeah, and as a result, like uh, I was on vacation with my family in, in Annapolis, and I wasn't feeling well, and uh, so I kind of stayed stayed back later in the afternoon and uh, just kind of tried to feel a little better, and then uh, that night, uh, in the middle of the night, like I kind of fell out of bed, I lost a couple of teeth, and uh, I couldn't speak, and I, and, you know, so, I, and my, so my right side didn't work. So thankfully, uh, my family was there, and we were able to get to the hospital pretty quickly. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it was it was tough because I didn't know what was going on. I you know I, I, I still have aphasia, but my speech has come back uh, you know pretty well. Uh, we had to re relearn my brain uh, with everything that I was when I'm talking, and you know just thinking about other things. But uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm thankful that. Uh, I can still skate and uh, play play golf, and uh, you know I love to do that. And I'm still out there, you know, with the events that I go to, meeting a lot of people. I think that that helps me to concentrate to get get better. Now, do you think because you you were an athlete and you have such good conditioning that helped you when you were making the rebound? Because you probably have a more dedicated and focused view than let's say the normal normal person. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, so like uh, I think that I recovered a little quicker, uh, but you know I've always I was looking for different things that I could get get better with. So uh, you know, like the first three months, the, the only thing that I could could say was and and Bernie Pront. <laughs> I could I couldn't say anything else other than that. So I don't know why that came out, but you know Bernie Pront was way must have been easy for me to say. But it probably uh, annoyed my family at the start. But you know, you know, just uh, it's a good story, and I, I work with Bernie uh, every home game, and so we still talk about uh, you know how you know I, I just used his name at the start. Now, during your career, was there any players you didn't like? Uh, yeah. Well, I didn't like uh, you know the Canadian players because they were too good, like. Uh, Bob Gaby Ganey was tough to play against, and uh, uh, Nyland. Uh, I, I didn't like him because you're not. I'm not sure what he was going to do, and uh, you know. But uh, you know, most of the time uh, we, we uh, you know, well, I'm very lucky that you know I always played with tough guys, so, so they protected me too. Now, what do you think the Flyers' chances are for the playoffs? What do you think they have to do to win? Because we. We can't beat Pittsburgh. I don't know what it is, and every Philadelphia fan hates Pittsburgh. I don't mind the Pirates. I don't mind the Steelers. I hate the Penguins. What do you think they have to do to win? Well, 
Well, I think they've got a balanced team. They're young, but they're their defensive forces all the time. If they get good goaltending uh, and stay out of the penalty box, uh, it, uh, they'll, they'll give Pittsburgh a, a run. Uh, and and you know, as, I, as I tell people before, it, it's so important the first round. Like if you get out of the first round, you it, you make the huge difference. Like you have to win right at the start, and so you have to put uh, pressure on yourself to score more and, uh, and and be the better 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 team. And so uh, I always remember like uh, you know when I got when I was younger, I didn't uh, you know know that I was, uh, you know, had to put more pressure on myself. But as I got older, like in my fourth year, I knew that I had to get get better in the playoffs, which means that, I, you know, I wanted to score every every game. Uh, because if you let up a little bit, uh, it just makes a difference. Now that you're retired and you're involved, I know you're involved in a lot of community and a lot of uh, charity works. Who are some of the charities you like to work with and how do you decide what kind of charity you'll volunteer to? Uh, so I, I've been on the board of NSH, uh, Human Services, for the last uh, six years. And uh, we, we've always done a hockey game with uh, alumni. And uh, so that, that's been really good. And, and so I've set up a couple of other uh, celebrity hockey games. Uh, one was uh, for traumatic brain injury people. And so I just did that last uh, January. And so, like, I had two teams and, five celebrities uh, you know, each, uh, you know, just to, to be, be part of the team. And, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, I, I, you know, a lot of golf. I, I, you know, I like a lot of uh, charities that are uh, golf for life, for life, like uh, Ron Jaworski, you know, helps us with uh, the golf tournaments that he has me to. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's been really nice. Okay, well, I want to wrap up, so, but I want to know, what are the, what would you say are the top three highlights of your professional hockey career? Well, no doubt in 1987, uh, uh, in the playoffs against the finals against Edmonton, uh, we were in the sixth game, uh, we were losing 2-1, to one, and I scored uh, to tie it 2-2. Two, two, and then J.J. Daniel scored uh, the gaming win uh, uh, goal, which forced Game Seven against Edmonton. And you know Ron Hextall won the Vesna that year, uh, but it was uh, you know special for us. I think just at that time because we were so beat up and we played so so many games, uh, and Edmonton was uh, you know if you look at their lineup, they had about five or six uh, Hall of Fame players in their prime prime prime. So uh, you know that was that was one of the things that I think the other other the other one was like when I scored my thousandth point. Uh, I always remember that it was uh, in Philadelphia. I scored two goals to get my thousandth point in Philadelphia, and uh, you know that was special. And uh, you know, of course, uh, you know to win the Canada Cup in '87 was uh, huge for me too because it was nice to be on the winning side of something. You know, and also I, I won the Spangler Cup in Europe a couple times, and so it's you know when I when I look at my career, you know, there's uh, there's a lot to talk about, but uh, you know, it just it, it, your life keeps going on. Exactly. And what was it like when you were named to the Hall of Fame for the Flyers? Was that just a great night for you? Oh yeah, it was very special in 1999. Uh, at that at that time too, uh, 
you know, I was named as the all-time uh, greatest uh, left winger in, in the Canadian history. So that was special for me to be a part of that. Uh, you know, but to, to, to be on the Flyers Hall of Fame was, was special too. And now do you guffaw when you play golf? That's the question. Yeah, every time I get a birdie and eagle, I always have the whole group doing guffaws, and so, so you know, and, and so I've got a, you know, I've got a, a, a t-shirt, uh, a guffaw t-shirt, you know, so like I can uh, help people if they want to buy one. I, I give uh, five dollars back for each teacher for a traumatic brain injury people. Well, yeah, I want to thank you for taking the time. I know you're a busy guy, and you know you have a big game tonight. And now your website is brianprop.com. They can find all info there, right? Like if you're going to do uh, personal appearances or anything like that, or or speaking events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and at Twitter, you're Definitely. you're at golfall26. Yeah. Okay. Well, people, go follow Brian Prop uh, at Gafal26. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Cooper Talk. I'm at Cooper Talk. Uh, go to my website, coopertalk.net. I have 685 episodes up there. You can also email me, cooper at coopertalk.net. And don't forget my other website. Remember when I had that heart problem a few years ago? Got out of the hospital, wrote a cookbook. So go to stopthesalt.com. It's 120 low sodium recipes. No pictures to intimidate you. No long list of ingredients. It's just easy cooking for one, and you want to be healthy. You can get it at Amazon.com, but if you get it at StopTheSalt.com, I will sign it, and I make more money. So, people, check out Brian Prop. Love your flyers. Find some of his old footage on YouTube. You can probably see what an amazing player he is. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guest. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins, and I'll talk to you guys next week. And